Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with your treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life, you'll have all you need, just receive with a willing heart. You'll be set for life, you'll be on your way any day you decide to start. You'll be set for life You'll be set for life I caught a hold of a verse this morning from Psalm 92:13. It says, "Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God." Those who are planted here, that's good. You're here, be planted here. Don't, well, I've got to be here because somebody drugged me here. That was my attitude for a long time. But if you're planted here, you're here because you want to be, because you're getting blessed and you, you get something out of it and it's helping you, you will flourish in the courts of God. To some people, that doesn't mean much right now, but in eternity future, it's going to mean everything, absolutely everything. So be planted in the house of God. Uh, this is a good place to be. Father, thank you for that. Uh, verse there to, for us to be planted, Lord. I'm glad to be planted. I'm glad you brought me into this and drew me into this. Thank you for all those, Lord, that you have brought in. That uh, God, if it was left up to just our own decision, we would not be here. We wouldn't care. But thank you that you came after us. And so, Lord, we're here to hear your word and bring the understanding so that we will get it. I need your help. So show me and thank you for the understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, here we are in Joshua 9, and uh, I think y'all have been keeping up with what's going on. They're going through the land conquering, messed up at I, had to regroup, get it back together, follow God's instruction. They went back to I and took it over, and uh, so now here we are at Joshua 9. So let's go straight to it, because there's a lot to cover. Joshua 9 and 1. And it came to pass, when all the kings who were on this side of the Jordan, in the hills and in the lowland, and in all the coasts of the great sea toward Lebanon, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Canaanite, the Peretzite, the Hivite, the Jebusite, heard about it, that they gathered together to fight with Joshua and Israel with one accord. So now the whole country wants to fight Israel. <laughs> and I was telling somebody this morning, some of the reasons we go through the little trials, the Jerichos and the, and the, and the conquering of Ai, they seem big, but it's to prep you up for the big one coming. Oh, there's worse ones coming? Uh, yeah, there are. But you know what? You should be able to take it. You don't go to the gym and work out to, work the same, to bench the same weight you've been benching since you were in sixth grade. You should be doing a little better down the road, make you stronger, right? Well, now the whole country wants to fight Israel. Why? Because they are afraid of God. They're afraid of Him. They hear what's going on. God has already assured Joshua, though, if you remember, He assured Joshua that where every, everywhere you step is going to be given to you. Wouldn't you like to hear that from God? Hey, everywhere you step, I'm handing right to you. 
whoa, <laughs> let's get out and do it then. Uh, wouldn't that give you some spring in your step and some confidence? I need a little more spring in my step right now. <laughs> anyway, Joshua 9 and 3. But when the inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and I, they worked craftily and went and pretended to be ambassadors. And they took old sacks on their donkeys, old wineskins torn and mended, old and patched sandals on their feet, and old garments on themselves. And all the bread of their, of their provision was dry and moldy. And they went to Joshua to the camp at Gilgal and said to him and to the men of Israel, We have come from a far country. Now, therefore, make a covenant with us. Okay, what's going on? <laughs> First of all, Gibeonites, they were descendants from Amorites. And the reason they lied about being from a far country is because they know that they are listed in the law of Moses for destruction. He tells them, when you go in, you're going to wipe all these people out, and they're in that list to be wiped out. Let me show you real quick. Deuteronomy 7 and 1 says, When the Lord your God brings you into the land which you go to possess, and has cast out many nations before you, the Hittites, the Girgashites, and the it, Amorites, and the Canaanites, and the Parasites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than you, and when the Lord your God delivers them over to you, you shall conquer them and utterly destroy them. And it says, you shall make no covenant with them, nor show mercy to them. So there they are in the list of the nations. No covenant, no treaty, destroy them. They know they're in this list. Apparently they got a hold of the law of Moses and they say, hey, we got a problem. We're in this list. We're going to be next. And so they're pretending to be people from a faraway country. God wanted Israel to take out the people that were living within Israel's borders. Everybody within your borders, take them out. But the people far away outside your borders, you can make covenants with them. You don't want to make covenants with people inside the area that I'm giving you. That's why they're here pretending to be from far, far away. It was okay to make treaties with far countries, but not with those within the borders of where God gave them. And I want to show you in uh, Deuteronomy 20 and 10. It says, When you go near a city to fight against it, then proclaim an offer of peace to it, and it shall be that if they accept your offer of peace and open to you, then all the people who are found in it shall be placed under tribute to you and serve you. And so the Gibeonites know they need to look like they're far away. They need to look like they're far off. And that's why they got the moldy bread and the torn up wineskins and all the, all the tattered and battered up stuff. To, they're trying to make it look like they traveled a long way with all this old bread. And it, let's make it look like we've been going at this traveling for a long time. Because once we make a covenant, then they can't touch us. That's what they're after here. This is, this is being deceitful. <laughs> they're trying to pull a trick. Okay? Joshua 9 and 7. Then the men of Israel said to the Hivites, Perhaps you dwell among us, so how can we make a covenant with you? But they said to Joshua, We are your servants. And Joshua said to them, Who are you, and where do you come from? So you can hear how Joshua has Moses' law ringing in his ear. He wants to know specific things. Who are you, and where are you, where are you from? He's, he's trying to figure out, Do I destroy these people, or can I make a treaty with them? i got to stick to the law. 
So it says here, Hivites, the, the, the travelers from Gibeon were called Hivites. They were descendants from Canaan. So again, these guys were under that curse of Canaan that started way back with Noah, if you remember that. All the guys in Canaan are under a curse. When Israel comes in, they're supposed to be able to take the land right out from under them real easy. And Joshua asked who they were, where they're from. Do I destroy them or do I make a treaty? Joshua is being very careful not to allow false gods in the land because that's why they're supposed to wipe them out. These people are sinful, God-rejecting people, and they do not worship God. They worship false gods. Joshua wants no sin in the land. That's why he's trying to find out who they are and where they're from. Joshua 9 and 9. So they said to him, From a very far country, your servants have come because of the name of the Lord your God. For we have heard of his fame and all that he did in Egypt and all that he did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sihon, king of Heshbon, and Og, king of Bashan, who was at Ashtaroth. Therefore, our elders and all the inhabitants of our country spoke to us, saying, Take provisions with you for the journey. And go meet them and say to them, we are your servants. Now, therefore, make a covenant with us. These Gibeonites knew Moses' law, and they're trying to work a loophole, if you can see that. They're trying to get out of what they know they're in for. They're trying to deceive Joshua into thinking it's okay for him to make a covenant with them. You're not breaking the law. We're from far away. It's all right. Let's make a treaty. They're thinking, oh, if we can just get that treaty, get that covenant, we'll be all right. Oh, you ever had somebody try to trick you and you caught them? Uh, it doesn't feel good, does it? Well, let's move on and see what's going on here. Because they're, they're dumping their whole box of tricks out. Joshua 9 and 12. This bread of ours we took hot for our provision from our houses on the day we departed to come to you. But now look, it's dry and moldy. And these wineskins which we filled were new. And see, they are torn. And these... And these are garments and our sandals have become old because of the very long journey. Then the men of Israel took some of their provisions, but they did not ask counsel of the Lord. They did not ask counsel of the Lord. Oh, come on. I, I read that and I just went, I, I remember, I just went, oh, please, again? I, I had to sit down. I was standing up when I read it originally. This is my illustration to you of how hard it hit me. I'm like, are you, for crying out loud, are you for real? After I, you didn't ask, you didn't find out how God wanted you to do it, and now here we go again. They did not ask counsel of the Lord. I, I wanted to eat a bowl of rusty nails when I read that. But wait a minute. How many times have I done that? <laughs> How many times have you done it? Uh Uh-oh. Getting real here, isn't it? Always inquire of the Lord. Always ask His counsel for everything. Everything. Anna has a story if you ask her. She had gum trouble, and she prayed about it, and God said, change your toothpaste. She changed her toothpaste, and her gum trouble went away. The doctors didn't know what to tell her. God knew. You can ask about things like that. Do you know that? Everything. Always seek His counsel for every decision, big and small, from who you're going to marry to what house you're going to buy or car, right down to if you should mow the lawn today or not. Ask Him. Pray about everything. Philippians 4.6 says that. Pray about everything. Ray, come on, let's do that. Well, hang on, let me pray. 
You should do it. It should become a normal thing. But they didn't. They didn't ask counsel from God. Joshua 9.15. Here we go. So Joshua made peace with them. Uh Uh-oh. Joshua made peace with them. And made a covenant with them to let them live. And the rulers of the congregation swore to them. Okay. Give me nudge like, yeah. We got our covenant. It worked. We got what we wanted. Can't touch me. And they're all high-fiving now and everything. Now I want to ask you some questions, though. I'm frustrated with the Gibeonites. I really am. Because when I look at what they did to get this little slick trick they pulled off, I want to ask you some questions here. Did the Gibeonites do right or wrong here? They did wrong. Let me ask you another question. Do they deserve destruction? According to Moses' law, yeah, they do. They were supposed to be. Were they deceptive? Did they lie? Yes, they did. Okay, I want you to hold on to these thoughts here because we're going to revisit those later. So keep that for a minute. Joshua 9 and 16. And it happened at the end of three days after they made a covenant with them that they heard that they were their neighbors who dwelt near them. Then the children of Israel journeyed and came to their cities on the third day. Now their cities were Gibeon, Shepherah, Beeroth, and Kirjath Jerim. So Israel finds out, not only do they find out, they pay them a visit. <laughs> hey, you duped me. It's like you mess somebody over and you, that you hear a knock on the door and they're at your house. Oh, no, it's serious. And it isn't a long journey, is it? Like these guys made it out to be. Or the, it wasn't a long enough journey anyway to wear out wineskins and mold up any new bread. No, it's less than a day's journey to get there. Do you see the timeline? Look at the timeline that it gives, it gives us. It says they found out three days later, and on that third day, Israel showed up. It didn't even take a day to get there. And so that means one day journey. So Israel discovers that these guys were so close that they were supposed to destroy them, according to the law. You know, God has a way of exposing lies. And I had to ask myself a question here. If God exposed Achan for his deception, hiding that accursed stuff in the camp, if God exposed Achan, remember when he ratted him out? If he exposed Achan for his deception, then why did he not expose the Gibeonites before they had a chance to trick Israel? Why did not God expose their trick? Why? Because Israel did not ask God first. That's the kind of trouble you'll get into when you stop asking God. Well, Ray, you're so religious. I'll pray for everything. You probably do that. Hey, I'm telling this for you. Ask God about everything. It's going to save you a lot of trouble. You got a lot of trouble in your life? Yeah. You want less? Yeah. Well, then start asking God things before you do anything, before you make a move. Ask Him. We have to stop thinking that God is just supposed to come fix everything every time after we mess everything up. God wants us to ask Him first and go into it maturely with His instruction first so that we can walk better and more confident and more conquering from the victory He already gave us instead of, oh, well, I did my own thing, messed up. Oh, God, now you got to bail me out. I'm such a prayerful person. Oh, I'm so spiritual. I pray all the time. You pray after you mess up. What about before? Inquire of God first before you make decisions. That's godly order. Consult Him first. Listen to Him and then decide whether to obey His instructions or not. Now you got your better choice. 
But they did not ask God, so they've got to find out about it three days later. Now, again, you'd think after the defeated I that they would have learned this by now. After I, 36 men dead. Guys, we better start learning to ask God for everything we do. And here we go again. You know what? Joshua and the guys, they're as human as me. They're as human as you. We're all sinners, and we all do this, and we all mess up. But God can still use it. Let's move on. I'll show you something. But I want to ask you some questions again. Are you frustrated with Israel for not asking God first? I have to admit, when I read this, I was. And I tried to make a big production out of it. (laughs) Why didn't you ask God first? But hold on to that thought, because we're going to revisit it later. Israel shows up three days later after finding out that they were duped. So here we are in 918. But the children of Israel did not attack them because the rulers of the congregation had sworn to them by the Lord God of Israel, and all the congregation complained against the rulers. I imagine this was a big fight. Now they're, now they're arguing about it. Why don't we just wipe them out like we should have? So they complained against the rulers. 19. Then all the rulers said to all the congregation, We have sworn to them by the Lord God of Israel. Now therefore we may not touch them. Well, that's just what the Gibeonites wanted. Okay, but now they're under this covenant. They can't touch them. The rulers messed up, but they refused to ruin their integrity. Integrity is honesty. Integrity is doing what you say you're going to do. If I say I'm going to do this, you got to do it. Now you're bound to it. Because if you don't, you turn around and flip-flop and go the other way, you have destroyed your integrity. They have to do what they said they were going to do. It's better being friends around people that you know have integrity, right? You can trust them. You don't trust people that change their mind every 10 minutes. And so Israel has to stand by their promise, because if they kill the Gibeonites, not only will they ruin the covenant they made with them before God, which would dishonor God, but I'm pretty sure if they attack the Gibeonites now, God wouldn't be behind them. Now they're remembering I. Oh, we screwed up at I. Well, now we just messed up again. Attack the Gibeonites now, we'll probably get beat again. They're in a pickle. They have to honor the covenant because that's what they said they were going to do. So they're not attacking. And so the Gibeonites are under covenant. So now what do you do? Verse 20, this we will do to them. We will let them live, lest wrath be upon us because of the oath which we swore to them. And the ruler said to them, let them live, but let them be woodcutters and water carriers for all the congregation, as the rulers had promised them. Then Joshua called for them, and he spoke to them, saying, Why have you deceived us, saying, We are, from a, we are very far from you, when you dwell near us? Now therefore you are cursed, and none of you shall be freed from being slaves, woodcutters and water carriers for the house of my God. So they answered Joshua and said, Because your servants were clearly told that the Lord your God commanded his servant Moses to give you all the land and to destroy all the inhabitants of the land from before you. Therefore, we were very much afraid for our lives because of you and have done this thing. And now here we are in your hands. Do with us as it seems good and right to do to us. So he did to them and delivered them out of the hand of the children of Israel so that they did not kill them. And that day, Joshua made them woodcutters and water carriers for the congregation and for the altar of the Lord in the place which he would choose even to this day. Now I want to ask you some questions again, now that we see what's gone down and how they dealt with it. Was Joshua lied to? 
He was. And they admitted it. Yeah. He was lied to. Was Joshua done wrong? Yeah. They deceived him. You don't like it when somebody deceives you. Do you think Joshua was probably humiliated by this? Here he is in leadership, and this snuck under my radar in front of everybody? Yeah, I think he was humiliated for it. Do the Gibeonites deserve this covenant? No, they don't. They don't deserve it one bit. But did Joshua keep his word anyway? Yes, he did. Hold on to those thoughts. We're going to revisit it later. (laughs) Now, even though protected, the Gibeonites had to face some kind of a punishment for their deception. You act like this, you're going to pay for it some kind of way. Yes, they're under covenant, but now they have to serve. Now, remember, we read in the Law of Moses that any city that accepts an offer of peace shall be placed under tribute to Israel and serve them. We read that earlier. And so Joshua chose for them to become woodcutters and water carriers. And where did Joshua say that their work would bring them to as woodcutters and water carriers? It's in verse 27. It says, for the congregation and for the altar of the Lord. Oh, that's where they're going to come to now. (laughs) Imagine that. This means that a people who were not Israelites are now uniquely positioned through Israel to approach the true God of Israel in His service. I think God pulled a miracle out of this somewhere. Do you see that? (laughs) This is great. Through Israel to approach the true God. Wow! What was meant as a curse, God turned into a miracle. So imagine that. A wicked group of people who by law deserve death placed under a new covenant which would enable them to approach the God of Israel. Does this remind you of anybody you know? Like maybe yourself. (laughs) It reminds me of me. Genesis 12.3 says, In Israel, all the families of the earth will be blessed. From Israel, the Messiah came out of Israel to save us. And I was far away. I didn't deserve that covenant. You see, you and I are the Gibeonite in this story. We have all been deceitful. We have all been sinful. We've all been wicked. And we have all been selfish, just like the Gibeonites. But I'll say one thing for the Gibeonites. As bad as they were, as much trickery as they used and deceitful as they were trying to be, they had one single authentic thing about them that God could work with. You know what it was? It was a fear of the Lord. That's the one thing God can use in anybody, wherever they are. Fear of God. They were afraid of God's wrath. And that's the whole reason they came to make a covenant with Israel in the first place. They were scared of what He was going to do to them, right? Fear God. Proverbs 9 and 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Where does it all start? It starts with the fear of the Lord. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast 
at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you through a line-by-line, verse-by-verse study in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless, you are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.